Playing the fastest game in town? Welcome to the Daily Searchcast. Featuring search engine analyst Danny Sullivan. Keeping you up to speed and ahead of the game on what's happening in the search engine marketing arena. Each day, join us for a recap of the prior days happening in your world. The Daily Searchcast makes sense of industry stories and sharing off-the-cuff remarks about what happened and what may come. Guest hosts give you a closer look and keep things rolling along with questions. So tune in and keep informed on the latest from Google, Yahoo, and search ask and other search engines join us now for this edition of Searchcast. here's your hosts good morning and welcome to today's edition of the daily Searchcast. today is thursday february 22nd uh, my name is barry schwartz from rusty brick and with me today is detlev johnson of position tech how you doing detlev hello barry i'm doing good how are you i'm good i'm good it's very nice of you to fill in for daniel these days so you know, a well, big responsibility. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and, you know, I get the chance to uh, read the news. It's always an exciting thing, and uh, even though yesterday we had, there were some technical difficulties, that leaves us with lots about, to talk about today, hey? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, so, right, I forgot. The show was not on last week, yesterday? Well, yesterday there were some problems, right? You know, uh, I'd, I'd say yeah. Darren is the hardest working man in show business today, but... Uh, you know, things go awry no matter what. <laughs> You've okay. Seen, you know, they work really hard to bring it to you. Uh-huh. Okay, now, um, really from yesterday, if I go through this pretty quickly, we might be able to get through some good nuggets at the end. Um, there's a uh, post up on uh, Proven Steps for Getting on Diggs' homepage. Uh, pretty basic stuff, pretty no-brainer stuff, like uh, keep the URL small and simple. Create a compelling title and description. That's kind of extremely important. Uh, and there's a note there that sometimes people don't even read the content. They just vote for it if you've got a cool title. Uh, submit to the proper category. Very important tips. Pretty ba- pretty impor- important and basic stuff, but make, make sure and, uh, that you're doing those things if you want to get on the homepage of Dig. Blog Lines creator Mark Fletcher uh, resurfaces at Start Upping. Dot com, which is, quote-unquote, a community resource created for Internet entrepreneurs by Internet entrepreneurs. Um, he left Ask.com uh, last summer after making sure Bloglines was going to be able to handle the increased traffic now that it's sold to Ask. So uh, that's a bit of news. Moving on, new stats on Google products uh, show that video and blog uh, is increasing while Frugal and the directory, the Google directory powered by ODP, of course, is sort of decreasing in you know action and visits and all that sort of thing. Really nothing new here, just uh, that except that, of course, video and blogs showing increasing because they're relatively new services and Google's getting them out in front of people. Of course, web search is the primary thing people use Google for, um, but there's a post on stats there, so check it out. With respect to search market share, um, Google has always, you know, been since uh, it started leading, been sort of out front. And uh, now, uh, looking at mobile search, actually, Google's lead is only really very small. So there's a posting about the metrics there. Uh, Google with 4.75 million U.S. subscribers um, in the fourth quarter of 2006. A little more than a million more than Yahoo. And Microsoft Mobile is way down there with uh, under a million. 
But uh, so it's really a, almost a neck and neck with Google and Yahoo in mobile search. I'm moving fast, Barry. We got lots to cover. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll just keep posting URLs in the chat room. Awesome. You do a great. I thank thank you for doing that because uh, as I you know sometimes I get a chance to do it, but when I know you're on, I know I, you've got me covered. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Mojo pages, whole lot of Yelp, a little YouTube. This is sort of a new uh, uh, play by uh, Mo uh, Mojo pages. Where they're, they're trying to make it sound like they've got something completely new, but basically it's sort of like a mashup. Um, it's sort of like Yelp, which is uh, Yellow Pages uh, over in the UK, but it's Yelp with video, Yahoo Answers, and Insider Pages, and even Judy's Book stuff. So sort of a mashup thing. Check out Mojo Pages. It's a new play. Uh, moving right along, uh, Google had tested a different interface for Google Image Search. It uh, looks like uh, you know after about a month of testing, they've decided to revert back to the original design. Yeah. Doesn't mean they won't tinker with it again, but they went back to the original. There was some color issues, weren't there, Barry? Yeah, it was. Um, they didn't show all the information they, right now. Originally and right now, they showed um, you know the credits. They showed the file size, showed the file, you know, width and height, and also like, you know, uh, kilobytes. Um, but they removed that from the new design when they launched it, and only when you moused over it did you get that information. So people were upset; they wanted information right off the bat, and now Google went back to the previous design. Yep. Long story short, short little test. Okay, uh, something that segues nicely into a later story is that, that Google Docs and spreadsheets tops the web productivity tools. So there's a Nielsen net ratings report showing that Google Docs and spreadsheets, uh, since they've been available, have been really the number one online productivity tools since October 2006. Well, gee, of course, you know, attached to a popular portal like Google just makes sense. Yeah. Google's YouTube and CBS, they wanted to do a deal. Uh, CBS providing content, and YouTube, of course, uh, in, you know, looking for a deal somewhere. Uh, <laughs> looks like that deal sort of caved in. So there's a posting on the 21st, which was just yesterday, right? So uh, that deal doesn't appear, apparently isn't moving forward. Too right. bad for Google. They're still looking for a content provider. Um, Google Desktop Hole Exposed. Ah, I found this interesting. <laughs> this is Google Desktop and essentially a cross-site scripting attack which could leave you vulnerable and allow um, users to essentially take over your desktop and view any file that you have indexed in the Google uh, Desktop service. Um, that hole has been patched, so it's no longer really a problem, but uh, certainly something that you know does uh, occur from time to time. Uh, Cross-site scripting is kind of a nasty thing where, you know, in a nutshell, it's like um, you, know, you may be following a link on a forum or something, and it goes to a site that's different than what you expected and can actually uh, basically uh, take over your machine. There's other things. You know, you could go to a what you think is a bank site and fill in your credit card details, and people are stealing your user account information through that and that sort of thing. So watch out for cross-site scripting anyway, in general. Uh, make sure that what you load in your browser is the official real deal. And uh, you know this, this is something that, uh, for those of you who use Google Desktop, 
it's not unusual that any product that you run with even Windows has kind of got vulnerabilities. But then again, something to consider before you install. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, this was held pretty. This was pretty quiet because they left it. Um, nobody really knew about it until like today's date. You know, twenty days after it was patched already. Right. So that's a pretty good job by everybody keeping it quiet. I guess I, mean, I, I didn't really know about it, too. and I cover this stuff every day. So. <laughs> yeah, and you give credit to those who uh, discovered it. I already closed that uh, tab and I'm <laughs> moving on. But uh, go visit the blog and check out who, who discovered that uh, that hole. And it has already been patched. So. Cool. Yahoo Japan betting more on web food delivery business, which is kind of an interesting blurb about uh, uh, Yahoo Japan basically investing in a food internet food delivery bu- business. Um, I actually, you know, have tried services like that, and I I rather like it. <laughs> uh, in my area, there's a service called Peapod.com and does a really good job. I actually like getting groceries delivered to my door. It saves me time. Hey, anything to save time, right? Yeah, I just thought it was funny overall. Yeah. Okay, here's one thing uh, that uh, Rand Fishkin had posted over on SEO Moz. Uh, Interesting post. Um, Basically recommending that you verify a Google sitemap so you, you know, get access to the data there, of course, but don't bother submitting the XML. And the reason that uh, he and other SEOs have recommended or at least are looking at this issue has to do with the fact that if you do something like assist the Google crawler with XML, that you may be, uh, you may be hiding from your, own, um, from your own investigation what really could be crawler problems, things that you should be fixing, whether they be crawler problems or even pages that don't necessarily have a lot of links to them, and that's why they weren't included in the first place. And so if you include an XML uh, or you do trusted feed, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't really see these problems. Um, my own personal opinion, uh, I'd, uh, I, I kind of think that's you know, basically nonsense. I would submit the XML and not worry so much. There are other ways in which you can, A, figure out whether there's a problem, and even with regard to link juice, and B, um, you're missing out on the benefit of submitting XML, whether it be for inclusion or, you know, uh, you know, just being able to provide the extra metadata. And specifically with regard to sitemaps, it's not an inclusion service. All it is is extra metadata that uh, the Google search engine, you know, uh, allows you to record for them and uh, provide to them. Uh, so since it's not an inclusion service. Uh, I don't see why someone would recommend not to submit it. I mean, he's not saying not you know don't necessarily submit. I think he's saying that if you if you build a site, I don't think he's saying no. Every site shouldn't submit. I don't submit most of my sites because I know that they'll get, they'll get crawled fully. Yeah. Um, and for sites that I know that can't get crawled fully, I will submit. Um, and if sites are having problems getting crawled fully, I will submit too. But if there's no need, then I don't see a reason to necessarily submit. Um, I mean, I mean that's me. I just, just I don't. I personally would not submit a site that does not need to be submitted. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no impending need. I think that though, if you supply extra metadata, uh, you can further influence the crawl process. Even if you're fully crawled, it's kind of nice having, say, priority in there. That's a pretty good little piece of metadata. Uh, change frequency. It's another thing. 
So these things are metadata that you can you can w- that when you do submit, you supply along with your URL. And to my mind, there's if if at all it influences the crawl process, I'm happy. I think it's a benefit. So I would submit it regardless, even of indexing. Although you know that's just my opinion. Um, and uh, you know, there's lots of people with opinions out there. So. Yep. Ask.com and LookSmart. LookSmart was powering their ad center um, for publishers, uh, the Ask.com sponsored listings, and uh, they renewed the license with LookSmart through 2009. So that looks like the interface there will continue to be uh, powered by LookSmart. So don't expect things to change, uh, other than if uh, LookSmart upgrades it. PageBowl, a visual internet search engine. Now, this is, uh, the, you know, the main thing regarding this story has to do with all search engines provide basically, you know, a page of results like 10 bookmarks off to a, uh, to a page, you know, they, links off to a page. Now, all the search engines have, you know, they, they understand that's not necessarily the best answer to someone who uses a query. Many search engines and a lot of visual type search engines are trying to, you know, tinker with some of these ideas that like what PageBolt is. Uh, and you note here that, you know, of course, it's not new to have thumbnails of the pages. PageBolt, though, is uh, providing, you know, essentially displaying page thumbnails as search results and sort of promoting that as, as, uh, as opposed to just a uh, set of 10, 20, or 30 uh, hypertext links as bookmarks off the pages. Kind of interesting yeah, thing. Uh, you took a look at it. Uh, what were your impressions? I did not take a look at it, actually. I didn't oh, you that. did not? Okay, neither did I. <laughs> well, th- what's true is that this isn't new. There are lots of, there have been lots of um, experiments with you know, either search engines or even applications that uh, uh, I remember the, the, there was a long time ago, there was like a Neo skin for Netscape that allowed you to sort of do a search and then it would bring up a, you know, a weird sort of uh, interface of uh, with keywords that you could click and you go off to those pages, and it was sort of, you know, almost like a tag cloud in a way. And you know, a lot of different things that people are trying to, you know, get away from just a list of ten. But for now, good enough for government work, I'd say. You know, list of ten results. What people are used to, it's what think, it's what's working right now. Until some radical new design comes along to really change things. Uh, and make it seriously better, I don't think we're going to get away from a list of 10. Google Custom Search Engine adds supplemental results. It uh, wasn't there before. It is now. There's a couple conditions that need to be met in order for the supplemental results to appear in your custom search engine. Uh, you need to have uh, only the patterns you specify in searches over three or fewer sites. Uh, and your search engine must include the whole web, giving preference to the patterns you specified. So those are conditions that if you design your own custom search engine, you need to meet, and you can have supplemental results in your set, too. As an FYI, I love the Google custom search engine. Yeah, I think it's great to have you know something to play around with, for sure. All right. I use it, I use it on my site just because it makes it so much easier to find things. So. Yeah, I think it's great. Yep. New usability changes for Microsoft Ad Center beta. Uh, 
essentially this is just sort of a usability upgrade, better navigation between campaigns, ad groups, and the ability to import third-party campaigns. So um, if you're a user of AdCenter, uh, I'm sure you've either noticed or prepared a plan for a different interface. should be an upgrade. There's a new column at Search Engine Land, and that is, you know, small is beautiful. And the first uh, article is out. Uh, Matt McGee published on Small is Beautiful, a little rundown on um, sort of the small business and SEO for small business. So small SEOs and small business SEO. Uh, and there have been a number of uh, conversations and panels at Search Engine Strategies uh, where Danny has intentionally, I think, promoted uh, and given a lot of uh, floor space to people who are really taking care of the, the small guys, or they are small guys and they're just looking after their, their small to medium-sized business and want to learn about search, and that's what they're there for. So uh, to provide that content online, now Search Engine Land has a small is beautiful column coming to you starting today. <laughs> yeah. Definitely get a read. Definitely read it. It's good for everybody. No doubt. Google AdWords quality score algorithm is now live. They, they began essentially last Friday to uh, to begin launching this thing, and now after a week, there uh, it's it's now fully live in their system. So look for the new column with the status of great, okay, or poor in terms of your page quality score. Right. Um, the column actually was live, I think, last Thursday or Friday, but the yep. new quality, quality score algorithm was launched last night, so you'll probably see your minimum bids change. You'll probably see changes in your ranking of your AdWords campaigns. So keep an eye out. It's going to happen over the next few days, they said. Yep, keep an eye out. Now, the segue from an earlier report about docs and spreadsheets, uh, Google has launched a fee-based Google Apps and this is available to you for free until April 30. Uh, there is, of course, coming with it is email with 10 gigabytes of, uh, uh, of you know, for account storage, the ability to turn off ads in your email, uh, shared calendar resources, um, APIs to integrate with your existing infrastructure. So you've got single sign-on uh, ability, user provisioning and management. Uh, there's even support for an email gateway. Um, and 24-7 assistance, phone support, gee. Uh, Third-party applications and services plus everything standards Google Apps offers. Everything standard Google Apps offers. So what you've got here is really a shot across the bow before Vista really gathers steam that, uh, and people begin upgrading their Microsoft applications, including Office. Google's done it, and they are planning to launch it. And now they're looking for people to sign on and start using it, and then ultimately it will become a fee-based system. I'm sure it will be priced very effectively against Microsoft Office. Well, yeah, they have the pricing. It's $50 per user per year. That's pretty good. Yeah, compare that with, uh, with Office. Uh, it's very cheap. So check it out. Take a look. Um, and uh, it's out. And, of course... The segue from the earlier story was that Docs and Spreadsheets is the number one online productivity tool. Well, with Office Live, which is also going to be online, it'll be interesting to watch you know, how much Google can eat out of that market share. 
Yahoo to launch singing news named Odd News Underground. <laughs> okay, singing news. Um, I think this is pretty funny. I think uh, uh, it will just, you know, the anchor is going to be singing the news that quote unquote will leave your feet tapping or will be have you tapping your feet. Okay, singing news. I think uh, I'm not going to break out in song. I think I'm going to move on. <laughs> Leave that to Danny. Yeah, Danny does a much better job than I do for sure. Google shuts down a blogger out of New Zealand who had apparently written some, you know, pretty uh, controversial things, including what may be a death threat. Uh, so uh, that's a bit of news here. Check out the. Uh, the blog posting because uh, essentially Google has agreed to shut down this blogger. I guess they were on the blogger service, and uh, you know, they making death threats on a blog. That's just you know. Well, they make death threats to a New Zealand politician, and the government really put a lot of pressure on Google to remove that blog. And I guess they've done that, but it's still in the Google cache. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll remove it from there too, especially if it contains a death threat. That's pretty. Serious business. Yep. Google to launch YouTube content identification system soon. This is going to help since they didn't really have their deal uh, make it with CBS earlier. Um, this kind of thing will probably put them in a position where they can strike future deals with content providers, and that is, of course, content identification. So, right. Eric Schmidt says it's quote unquote not far away. Okay, well, now. Here's the final story, and this one I like quite a bit. I printed this out. Did you? Uh, you saw the eye study? Yeah. Did you take a look at the uh, PDF? I did not get that far. Okay. The uh, essentially what this is is it's a study by DeVos and Janssen Market Research, and check it. And they did. Um, they grabbed 50 searchers. Uh, you know, young guys that are between 17 and 24, and put them in front of, uh, you know, computers and gave them search tasks and stuck the goggles on them to track their eyes. And uh, the key here, which is interesting, is uh, the difference in behavior between people who are looking for information purely and people who are actually, you know, have the intention of conducting a transaction. Now, all the respondents, uh, there are still some uh, general results. 98% per, of them all viewed the organic results, no surprise there. 95% viewed the sponsored listings at the top, which are the first two or the ones, you know, two or three or five. The, um, the percentage, though, drops off with sponsored re results on the right-hand side, the right rail. Uh, goes down to 31%. So... Still one in three, still very valuable. As you all know who are participating in PPC, if you've got a listing that's off to the right, it still gets clicked. But there you have it. Uh, there's like a 3% edge of people who look at organic and probably tune out a bit, even the sponsored listings on the top. Um, but the sponsored listings at the top get you know three times the type of uh, uh, views that the right rail does. They used to be number one and two. Well, we can anyway. <laughs> you have to keep in mind, this only, according to the study, I think it only um, surveyed 50 people, and those 50 people were between the age of 17 and 24. Right. You have to put that in perspective for sure. 
Um, if it's your target market, it's going to speak to you pretty loudly, though, even if it's only 50. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a couple interesting things here as well. Uh, and that, you know, and I'll just say that the PDF is worthwhile downloading and printing and just reading through. You know, it's not necessarily gospel, but we're talking about some pretty interesting findings here. What I found pretty interesting on page six, it shows sort of a landscape of eye tracking, where the hotspots are. In Gord's eye tracking studies, he always shows uh, the hotspots in red where people really fixate with their eyes. Um, Interesting to me was between the users who are searching for information and the users who are looking to do a transaction. The transaction page is far, it seems to be far more, you know, uh, looked at, much more uh, people looking at virtually all the results, one through ten, including the sponsored one, first and second spot. But interestingly to me, is the right rail on the t- people looking for to make a transaction seems to be actually less active than those who are looking for information. Those who are looking for information, sure, there's a lot of activity on the first set of results, but it doesn't really go all the way down to the page. It's more sort of the top half, which includes the top part of the right rail. And it looks like, you know, it's at least equal or maybe even better than those who are searching for a transaction. So I found that interesting because it's a little counterintuitive. If you're looking for information, they actually scan the sponsored listings. I think the answer, and just my guess, is that the answer lies in the fact that when you're looking for information, it's the type of query that you're using. If you're looking for information, hey, if there are sponsored results for that, they may actually be somewhat accurate. So, And if it's got your keyword, it's going to attract your attention. So that's my uh, take on why I think that that is. But I certainly... Uh, encourage you to download the report, see for yourself, and uh, you know confirm some of your ideas or help let it influence you if, if uh, you find something interesting there. Yeah, or grab and, 50 uh, of your friends, or just grab 50 of your friends and do the same type of study. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, I mean, Gord regularly sponsors uh, eye tracking yeah. studies and usability stuff, and things that come out of his lab are awesome. I. I I really, uh, you know, commend him for all his work through the past several years doing that, and uh, you know, it's it's been important stuff for the industry. Definitely. That's what I got, Barry. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, I think that I think Danny's coming back Monday, and I think I saw somewhere that Matt Cutts might be co-hosting. Um, oh, cool. In any event, well, thank you very much, Detlev. You did a great job this week, and um, I wanted to just wrap up today's Daily Searchcast. Again, today is Thursday, February 22nd. Tune in Monday, um, 11.30 Eastern Time, for the uh, new uh, special uh, upcoming Mac uh, Cuts and Danny Sullivan Searchcast. Everyone have a great weekend, and thank you again, Detlev. Really, thank you. Have a great weekend, Barry. Bye, everybody. The Daily Searchcast is produced and sponsored by WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Looking to boost your competitive edge, your bottom line, network with your peers? Then stay tuned into WebmasterRadio.fm, where you can listen live or in podcast format to our award-winning exclusive radio shows hosted by the most respected names in the Internet world. Friday, February 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Join us for another great WebmasterRadio.fm town hall meeting featuring GetWebContent.com, hosted by Brandy Shapiro-Babin.
That's the GetWebContent.com Town Hall Meeting, Friday, February 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. WebmasterRadio.fm, putting you in the front row with unprecedented access to everyone you need to know. Log in now.